1: the cellos for here come the dreamers tell all the fellows to varnish their trumpets butter the crumpets and garnish the cellos let us get to it and do it up right welcome the dreamers with all
0: welcome to dream farm radio my name is julie lavender and i'm sitting in my family's lovely historic home overlooking the rolling new hampshire fields of dream farm I'm inviting you to drive down the country road of your imagination and join us right here in our barn with its soaring posts and beams and its panoramic view of the countryside. Today we'll welcome fantastic, independent, eclectic jazz musicians to play live music for us, share their recordings, and talk about what inspires them. We'll touch their dreams as we open our ears and our hearts, listening intently to the fresh jazz expressions they unleash. And you never know, Dream Farm Radio just might inspire you to fulfill a creative passion or two of your very own. Well, folks, I'm really thrilled uh, to be able to share with you the music of our special guest today, Audrey Silver, who is a singer and a songwriter who's come up to New England from New York City with her friends to perform for us today at Dream Farm. So welcome, Audrey. Thank you. I'm so glad you could come. It's great to be here. Well, you know, you have an an embraceable voice. So uh, when I was listening to your work, and it's just kind of the voice that sort of just draws you in and and welcomes you. And and so I thought it would be a lovely addition to the kind of music that we've been programming here. And you've come up with some some guys that are going to back you today. Would you like to introduce them? Um yes on piano there's Sonny Barbato
2: also called Joe Barbato so that's mm-hmm. his nickname and uh on bass it's Joe Fitzgerald
0: and uh, apparently you were all kind of originally um in New York City together and you met and collaborated there and then We were we were we we used to play out
2: all the time together and um that's actually how my second album came about because we were doing gigs constantly you know it was a set band all the time mm-hmm. with Sonny and Joe and a couple of other players and um I would just go to the studio every few months because I would realize that we grooved some tunes really well and wanted to put them down, and it ended up turning into an album.
0: So That's cool, kind of like a diary that then took on a, a world of its own. Right? Exactly. Right, Documenting what you're doing and checking it out and letting it grow. So how did you get into music and singing and writing and all the things that you do? Um, well, I, I, I think I was
2: always into music to some degree. I, you know, I sang all the time, but not really in any official capacity. I didn't take singing lessons when I grew up. Mostly I played the piano and I played the cello growing up.
0: Classically? Train, uh, classically, or... mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And um, I sang when I was in college. I started an cappella group and did their arranging for them. And then when I got out of college, I never assumed that I could be a professional singer. It just seemed like, you know, No one in our family did that. There were no musicians. No one went that direction. So um, I went to work in the music business for a few years, and then went to business school, thinking that I would bring back some of the knowledge from business school to the record industry, which sorely needed it at the time. Uh But um, I ended up not going back. Well, I, I, I worked in advertising for a little while after business school, and then I had my son. And I had assumed that I would go back to work as soon as he was born, and I found out that that was not the way I felt at all. Once he was born, I realized I didn't, I didn't want to leave him at all. Right. So um, I was loving being with him, being an at-home mom, but I needed something else in my life, and that's when I started singing again. And uh, I found this class that was being given at the 92nd Street Y, this incredible institution in New York, that was a jazz ensemble class. And I went and auditioned for the singer position, and they took me, and that was really how I started singing jazz. I knew all the repertoire because I'd grown up listening to every right. single Broadway album. I knew, you know, all the standards. But you didn't go
0: and study jazz, and you did you have a background with the harmonies and writing them and transcribing well, or, or any of the technical? I had learned a
2: lot, actually, when I was doing all the arranging for that my singing group in college. But it was all sort of, you know, figuring it out as I went along. I just would listen, and right. I would, you know, transcribe the, what I
0: heard. the cl- the classical background from your piano and cello to, to, to notate and, and arrange and then kind of figuring out what the, the other voicings were, things like that, yeah. kind of putting it together. Exactly. It's probably one of the best ways to be, become
2: educated. I, I think there's nothing like listening and transcribing. Mm-hmm. I, it's probably the best thing you can possibly do.
0: So there you are, you're a young mom. You're, you're brimming with um, creative energy that you want to channel a little bit differently than the way you are with your child. Mm-hmm. And you audition for this class, and lo and behold then you're in an ensemble. I'm in an ensemble. I did this class for
2: four years, you know, all, you know, through every season that they would, that they held the
0: class. And what exactly were you like, and now here is an example of what we're teaching you. I mean, how what, what exactly did you do for we the class? We were just doing songs, you know, people would bring in songs
2: and. Um, that they had written? No, no, it was all just, standard repertoire. Uh-huh. There was no original music that was being done there. And I was just learning the vocabulary by being there. I, you know. I didn't really know what the form was, you know, when, when, I, when I started out. That was like the first definition that I learned when I was there. And um, and a lot of the time in the beginning, I wasn't transposing a lot of stuff. So they would sing, they would play things in keys that I didn't sing in. So I would just completely invert and reinvent the melody, which mm-hmm. is when I realized that I could improvise. Right. So um, That's so really cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So I did that for a couple of years and and uh the person who taught it was a wonderful pianist his name was um, john rainey Mm -hmm. and um, john's dad actually is a very famous guitarist jimmy rainey who played with stan getz and who i think all professional guitarists jazz guitarists spend time studying his you know his transcriptions of his solos um so john turned to me at one point you know a couple of years into this and he said so you know are you planning to do something with this and i said well uh you know, because the thought... I mean, Is that
0: before or after peanut butter sandwiches? You know, you're yeah. like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I was like, well, you think I can? He said, I think you can. So I, we went into the studio and we
0: did some demos and that was how I got started. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. I like to hear about that because one of my passions is to discover how people come to create and um, what it is that drives them and how they overcome obstacles to uh, find an artistic expression. So I'm really interested to hear your story. And I think it might be time to introduce um, your music now. Um, and I'm wondering if, just to give people a little bit of a entree into your background as a, as a singer, maybe a cover. Sounds so you great. To start with a cover? Sounds great. Um, what would you like to start with? Um, I'm going to do uh, Old Country by Nat Adderley. Okay, great. With your bass player, Joe Fitzgerald, and your pianist, Sunny Barbato.
3: Hey, you old man sitting by the lonesome road About the time you're quitting Life's a tiresome load You're so sad You left all your women i
0: just heard Audrey Silver I'm Julie Lavender and this is Dream Farm Cafe we're going to take a break and we'll be right back
1: My baby doesn't care for clothes My baby just
0: Welcome back, folks. I'm Julie Lavender, and I'm your host for Dream Farm Cafe, and I'm here with singer-songwriter Audrey Silver and her trio, which is Audrey Silver, Joe Fitzgerald, and Sunny Barbado. and she's singing wonderful music for us, and um, so we had heard about your background and kind of how you got into this, which I, I think is really cool. I think a lot of my audience is going to be encouraged to know that you sort of took a leap and said, I'm just gonna try out, see what happens. I'm gonna learn something new. I'm gonna try out, go to this class, try out, wind up being in the ensemble, then wind up being educated in probably one of the best possible ways, which is just doing it, right? Definitely, definitely. It was an interesting combination of leaps and things that
2: came about organically, so it's- Like, give me an example. Well, you know, it was a leap to go and take the class. Mm but then within the class my development was you know was very organic till I got to a point where it made sense to try and take it to the next stage kind of so, naturally progressing
0: is what you're saying
2: it yes. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't i just said to you know i said to myself okay i'm going to be a professional singer let's you know do this and then make a demo and then it,
0: i went there without any real plans cuz cuz actually you had kind of another career path set other ideas about how you thought it was going to play out and the next thing you know and isn't that what's interesting about getting with creative and artistic people is things start layering and synapses start firing and possibilities open up and um, you're challenged not to stay kind of in the between the lines that you thought you were going to. Yeah. And so not only did you really get an education in jazz standards and form and all the things that you would need to be literate as a musician and as a jazz singer, but then you began to write your own original music. How did that start? That well, the first
2: thing that I ever wrote actually was uh, for my son when he was about three or four years old and he was going through his boat phase. He loved boats, tugboats, any kind of boat. And he said to me, you know, sing me a song about boats. And so I wrote a song about boats. And it's not a song that I perform out, you know, but it's it's very special to me because it was, you know, for him and about his love mm-hmm. of boats. And mm-hmm. it ended up being actually sort of an allegorical separation from one's mother story, but, but uh, in, told in the world of boats. Um, but uh, so that's how I first realized that, you know, I could actually do it. And then... I would sort of make attempts at things for a while, and I would throw them out. I kept liking some things, but liking them not enough because I do mostly standards, covers of standards, mm-hmm. and that material is so incredible that I had to really like what I did a lot to want to sing it out and sing it you know, in a set with all the standards that I do. So um, I just kept you know, throwing things away, and then I did a really unusual thing. I decided to go do... I guess the best name for it is like a vision quest. Mm -hmm. I had met this woman who was Native American, and she told me that, you know, it would be something that would be cleansing and give you direction. And so I went out into the country, stayed at a house with, you know, turned the phones off, turned the TVs off, no books, Mm -hmm. and fasted for two days. And while I was going through that, I wrote two songs Mm -hmm. and finally wrote, wrote songs that I actually liked enough to sort of start pulling into my repertoire.
0: You know, isn't it uh, interesting how when we are uh, not able to distract ourselves by all the things that it would be so easy to turn off, you know, turn off the road and go to the right or left, especially as a parent and as a mom, there's always something to do. And now there's always something you can put on, try, listen to, email, text, type, Our minds are so hungry for stimulation, and there's an endless supply of it. Right. And even just turning it off and being stuck with yourself. Yeah. (laughs) It was (laughs) was painful. It was painful. Now, that used to terrify me. I used to run from that because my thought was, when I do finally get there, there's not going to be anything there, you know, to write or to say. But, you know, you found that you had these songs come out, and... And did you immediately put them in your repertoire? Did you
2: not for a while, actually? Because I, what I discovered over time is that for me, the lyrics have to come first, and then the music ah, happens. Okay. If I write the music first, I don't seem to be able to come up with lyrics for it. I can come up with lyrics to other people's songs, but
0: not to my own. So you really have to want to say something. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have yeah. to have. Although, what we're gonna, it's interesting because we talked about maybe you guys doing this song now that has no words whatsoever right right and so okay you just told me that lyrics have to come first now tell me then how the heck you came to write Waltz in D which has no lyrics well that actually was one of the songs that I wrote yeah when I was
2: you know doing my fasting thing and um, and you know it was before I had realized that you know there was an order to things and I'm not sorry that I didn't know that because I don't think I would have written what I did write if I had tried to do it the reverse order. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've, for a while, I was trying to li- write lyrics for it, and eventually I just decided it doesn't need them. You know, the, the tune sort of speaks for itself, and I, and I just do sort of a vocalese on it, mm-hmm. and,
0: um, and I think it works that way. It does. So why don't we let the audience hear it? Guys, take it away. This is Waltz in D. I really like that tune, Walson Oh, D. thank you. And I like the fact that you took a long walk off a short pier to do it. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> took a jump. I work with people um, in groups sometimes to get them even just to sing out loud and to just hear themselves making a melody. And even one note, just one note, sing one note, commit to one note. <laughs> You can do a lot with one Yeah, note. exactly. And um, letting that be a sincere uh, expression. And it's amazing how difficult it is for people who have not kind of broken the sound barrier, so to speak, to hear themselves sing. And to do that, um, and it, it actually kind of makes me sad because I know how wonderful it is when you're, when your body becomes an instrument. Yeah.
2: And I think that people sort of intuitively know that it would be a wonderful feeling. People always come up to me and say, "Wow, I, you know, I wish I could sing." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "You can.
0: <laughs> we can all sing." That's, you know, you have to just get used to first the sound of your own voice and also the fact that it that it's okay to have to make sounds you might not like for a while. Right? Well, you have to not filter for yeah. a while, you know. So it's really interesting that you started and you and you really just went out there and created this melody and it was a lovely one. Thank you. And I'm um, wondering now about, back to lyrics, back to lyrical ideas. Yes. Um, how much of your writing is autobiographical? Uh,
2: that's a good question. I have to think about this for a second. Mostly, it's autobiographical.
0: So if we were to talk about this next song, yes, the world was new. Yeah. What would, what's, Tell me about that, and how that relates to you. You know, it was sort of a,
2: I, I had a really serious relationship in college I was madly in love with this. guy. We were guy. all too serious. Yeah. Oh, please. I was mad. I was mad for this guy, and and um, it, it never really would have worked out, you know. That you know, when I when I look at it with perspective, mm-hmm. but um, but at the time, I didn't really understand why it wasn't working, and when I sort of I, I was thinking about it not too long ago when I was writing this song and I was coming up with something to write about, and I thought, you know, I think one of the big fatal flaws in the relationship was that. There were both things about ourselves that we didn't want to tell the other person because we thought the other person wouldn't like them. And so by failing to communicate those things and finding out whether they could be accepted or not, we doomed the relationship. Mm -hmm. So that was basically what the next song is about.
0: Well, eloquently said, and so um, let's let folks hear your lyrical ideas now. So the lyrics came first? The lyrics came first. Mm -hmm. And then you created the music around it. So. Let's hear The World Was New.
4: For us, the world was new.
3: And soon. Hearts were wrapped up in a song, a golden haze of love, our smiles rising with the dawn. But we began to feel. Secrets Once we knew each other, we would still...
0: was new by audrey silver that was lovely thank you thank you so when you um play that now and you do you play it out you have it in your sets yes and um do you feel like it matures and then you sort of have a different scenario in your mind do you see an an older couple do you see a or do you go back to that one relationship i there there's
2: something about the words in there that make me feel like it's a
0: young relationship. We're going to think about all these things and think about what we've been chatting about during the break and we'll come back with uh, singer-songwriter Audrey Silver uh, and after this short break and I'm Julie Lavender. You are listening to Dream Farm Cafe. New
3: things I'm learning about you Day by day
0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Julie Lavender, and I'm your host for Dream Farm Cafe Radio, and my special guest today, singer-songwriter Audrey Silver, with that beautiful, approachable, warm voice, and Joe Fitzgerald on the bass, and Sonny Joe Barbado on the piano, right? So we were talking about sort of disclosing our musical lives, our emotional lives in and through music, and the process of putting it out there you kind of take this risk and you open it up and and that's kind of the only way you move forward with creative things what do you think uh yeah I
2: think if you don't put it out there you get stuck you can't really go anywhere yeah
0: (laughs) no easy way it's kind of like you got to open your mouth and sing right so um um so
2: I you know I was thinking about doing another standard another another cover um I love that song, Getting to Know You, from The, from the King and I. Uh, you want to do it with me? I think that would be
0: great if we could do it together. Perfect. And it's thematically good material, right? We're getting to know one another. Getting to know you, getting to know
3: all about you, getting to love you. You, getting to know you like me Getting to know you Putting it my way But nicely You are precisely My cup of tea You are my cup of tea Getting to know you Getting to feel free and easy
0: When I am with you Know what to say.
3: Haven't you noticed? Suddenly I'm bright and breezy because of all.
0: was a lot of fun Audrey did you enjoy that uh, absolutely that was that was a blast <laughs> it was you know I like how our, our voices blend together it was very yeah smooth anyway <laughs> so enough about me and you now let's talk about you and maybe do another tune you got, you got something up your sleeve you? I do, do I do I have um the
2: song too late now um it's a standard and it's by Alan J. Lerner and Burton Lane Burton Lane I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah yeah and uh It's a a gorgeous song. I mean, the melody is beautiful, but the words are killer. They're really wonderful.
0: Excellent. Well, why don't you guys play it for us right now? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Audrey, I'd like the folks to hear another original as we finish the show today, and hear what you've been doing. And I thought that this one that I heard you kind of rehearsing when I came in was really beautiful. "Cold Winds Embrace." Oh yeah, thank you. I've noticed so often songs come out of you know
2: being in a painful place, and this actually I wrote when I was in a physically painful place. I was um, about to have back surgery. Wow. And um, sadly, my mother had had multiple back surgeries, and so she's not alive anymore, but I, I, I felt like, oh my gosh, I really know what she was thinking. I, I sort of felt completely tuned into her for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really where the song comes from, it's sort of like, it, it comes from being in a painful place, but by being in that place, I got to feel closer to her.
0: Excellent. Why don't we have you end the musical portion of our show with The Cold Winds Embrace. Okay, I'd
2: love to.
3: It's cold again. We're facing the wind, bracing ourselves for a change. Well, it's cold today, but it's warming my face, filling my heart, the cold. mine and they're yours. There the weather is fine, our hearts are i
0: Have just heard the lovely music The Cold Winds Embrace by singer songwriter Audrey Silver. You've been hearing everyone well. I think you're all gonna agree with me that this has been a wonderful episode of Dream Farm Cafe Radio, and I'm so glad you could join me. I want to thank our engineer Don Richardson, my photographer Jenny Wheeler, and again uh, my special guest Audrey Silver. Do you have a dot com? I do, it's AudreySilver.com. Excellent, we have a dot com dreamfarmcafe.com so check us out. Folks, thank you so much for listening. I'm Julie Lavender and I look forward to sharing more music with you next time.